0: This is Confessions of a Former Mean Girl with Serena Myers. I'm a master transformation mentor and shadow guide, and I work with heart-centered, high-achieving women who are on the journey to becoming the truest version of themselves, which is only possible by first accepting all that they are. This podcast explores the lessons I've learned from my bad decisions, so you can feel better about yours. It's normal to be a messy human, so let's talk about it. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Confessions of a Former Mean Girl. It's been a little bit and to be honest, I needed a little tiny break between our last episodes and now to recalibrate and rethink and actually a lot of the things that have been going on for me are kind of the inspiration behind this episode. Now we hear talk in different kind of spiritual circles about the term the dark night of the soul. I haven't had a dark night of the soul in the last few months, don't worry. Thankfully, I'm actually really grateful for that because it has definitely been a part of my history. But I think that, you know, because those moments are so deep and they're so critical, and, you know, many of us don't actually even come back from those spaces, I think sometimes we think about that being the hardest and most uncomfortable part of our spiritual journey. And in many ways, it is the thing for me about A Dark Night of the Soul is that it becomes this go no go point. And it is the thing that will eventually break through to this massive transformation. You hear the expression breakdown to break through. And that's definitely what the dark night of the soul has been for me historically, although sometimes it's not a night of the soul, it's like a season. But the part that I find myself in repeatedly, and I say this as somebody who has spent the last 15 years in deep personal inquiry and a lot of introspection and just growth the part that has been the most uncomfortable for me is what I always call like the liminal space. So I actually did the cheesy thing of pulling up on Wikipedia the definition of liminality and this was so eloquently put that even though it's cheesy to share a definition, I wanted to share it with you. And so it says that liminality is the quality of ambiguity Or disorientation that comes in the middle stage of a rite of passage when participants no longer hold their pre ritual status and have not yet begun the transition to the status they will hold when the rite is complete. And so I always think of it as this limbo, this open space where you know you aren't the person that you were before. And yet you don't actually know what you're stepping into or what you're becoming. And there is this immense requirement for trust, for self-compassion, and for the ability to not need to control everything. And if you're anything like me, that is basically the most painful thing that anyone could possibly ever suggest to you. So let me tell you a little story about what happened for me. My wife is trans and she had her gender-affirming surgery in Montreal this fall. And while we were traveling, I was spending a lot of time on my own, a lot of time thinking about me and my relationship and my relationship within my relationship how I perceive myself and everything else and that'll probably be an episode for another time but even though what we're talking about is just the change of her physically I knew that there was also a fundamental thing that was shifting within us within our connection and certainly within my relationship and my perception of myself and that has actually been something that's been unfolding for the last couple of years since she's had the realization that she's trans now One of my best friends is a flight attendant who happened to have a layover in Montreal while we were there. And so we met up. And on my way to see her, I saw a dead skunk on the highway. Now, skunks have been my power animal for the last 11 years. And I hadn't really seen them dead over all these years. And I know that my relationship with skunk had been changing. I knew there was like a nostalgia that was kind of attached to the energy of skunk because it had been my messenger and my guide for so long. And it was also the first animal medicine I ever worked with. So there is like a sweet attachment to it and a deep love for this animal as a whole. And so seeing it dead on the highway, I had this moment of like, oh shit, like, is that a sign? Now, typically for me, skunk is a sign. Hey, you're on the right track. Everything is good. Like, keep up the good work. And seeing your messenger, who's normally your green light, show up dead was kind of like a bit of a, I guess, an invitation to pause. And so I sat down with my friend who is a wonderful spiritual teacher and I asked her, I said, hey, so like, you know, what do you think about this idea about skunk being dead on the highway? And she said, you know, you've been working with skunk for a really long time and you're not the person that you were when you first started working with skunk. One of skunk's big medicines is boundaries. And like boundaries is something that I have actually done a really great job of embodying in the most recent years. And so she said, you know, it could very well be that this was the nudge to say, hey, it's time to let skunk go. It's time for a new animal messenger to emerge. And so I sat with that. And it was definitely one of those things that, like, I knew in my heart was true, but I wasn't really willing to let go of. (laughs) I didn't want her to be right. And I sat with it and I kept, like, almost fixating on, okay, great. But, like, if it's not skunk, then what? Like, who is my new teacher? Who is my new medicine? And there was this need to find some comfort in the not knowing because now even though it wasn't so much this idea of limbo in terms of my day-to-day life it definitely was with this medicine that I would work with on a regular basis now in the days and weeks that followed I ended up having multiple encounters with deer including some that come right up to my door of one that walked up my street who I had a nice face-to-face encounter with We've put up a little camera so that I can watch them, like all these different things. I've now like bonded with this new animal teacher and I'm still actually really getting to know her medicine. I'm still like literally weeks into my new relationship with deer as opposed to 11 years with skunk. And I don't exactly know what she's here to teach yet. I know that it's very feminine and it's very soft. It's definitely different from the kind of fire that I tend to hold generally. And so it is really beautiful and it is this whole relearning. But it wouldn't have been possible if I had stayed with my feet planted firmly in like, no, 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 skunk is my messenger. Skunk is my medicine. This is the way it's got to be. And what I realized is that, yes, like a lot of time has passed since I started working with skunk. And I have been definitely many versions of myself. I feel like sometimes it's like every few months I have a massive upgrade and I'm no longer the person that I was. So how can I be trying to step into these new seasons, these new ways of being, while still clinging to the old ways of doing things and the old ways of connecting. And this is the big message for me in being in the liminal space, is in the trust that I don't need to have it figured all out, that I can know that I'm a child of the divine, that I'm held, that I am guided, that I am protected, that I'm supported. And to allow that to be enough without needing to control it or decide how it's going to be and how it's going to show up. And this is not an easy place to be, particularly if you're somebody who has a history like mine where there was a lot of uncertainty, where you didn't feel safe, where things only happened if you made them happen for yourself. Like that becomes part of your programming. And the thing is, is that if you're also somebody who wants to manifest the life of your dreams, it is really hard to be both. Because that true, big, powerful manifestation, yes, there is the doing where you're getting clear on the vision and you're doing the showing up, but the allowing is the biggest part of it. The trust that it's coming, the deep knowing that you are loved and held and worthy of those desires. And we can't hold on to control and be in trust at the same time. When I think about my big dreams, and let's actually use my business as an example for this in particular, I often used to think that I didn't have the things that I wanted or the audience size or even just like the impact that I really wanted to have, not from an ego place, but from, a I believe that this is medicine that can help people and I need to get the word out. I used to really believe that it was because of money, that I didn't have enough money to get the reach. I didn't have enough money to like hire the support, to be able to build a team, to be able to have myself be held. And What I found in the last year after, if you don't know my story, just over a year ago, my wife and I woke up millionaires, having money no longer be the issue, being able to hire the help and to get the support and to have the ads and the coaches and the strategists and the whatever, and still not be in the place that I wanted to be, was really confronting and frustrating. And it's been something that I've had to grieve, to be honest. There was a part of me that was not even ready to show up for this episode today. And if it wasn't for my podcast producer giving me a nudge, I probably wouldn't be recording right now because I'm still kind of deeply in the grief of it. And in the grief of the version of me who was so attached to these outcomes and was so determined that if she just tried hard enough, if she just had the right support, if only, if only all these things. But the thing that has been missing has been trusting in the liminal space. Because in that darkness, that is where incubation happens. It's where it's almost like the universal womb where we can be rebirthed. So right now, what I find myself in is these constant death cycles, but then I resist the space that is required for the full evolution and the full rebirth to happen. So I end up experiencing the grief and the pain and the hardship and the loss, but without fully allowing myself to blossom in the new way of being. And that's because of my discomfort with the liminal. That is my desire to just do more, to be able to have more, be more. But really what I need to do is allow it to come to me. And historically, I know that I have the ability to do this. I know that every time I do, I am supported and served and held. But it's just this, I don't know, this like busy mind that thinks, oh no, it has to be me. I have to be the one. And so as of right now, I'm kind of in this space where I am trying to reconnect into the trust. And I know that in order for me to be held and be provided for, two things have to happen. One, I need to be clear about what I want. And two, I need to actually let it come to me. Because every time I have done this, I have been provided for in ways beyond my wildest dreams. The universe can provide something so much better for me that I can dream up with my own little tiny human mind than could have ever been possible By me trying to force it and control it. And so, because I know that this clarity piece is so important, I am now committing to asking myself some really big questions. Questions like, what do I actually want? And I don't mean that just in my career, but in every aspect of my life. Anything that isn't feeling like 110% fulfilled right now, like, what do I actually want? And why do I want that thing? And with this, why do I want that thing? It's kind of like, pretty faceted there's parts of it of like okay great so like what do i think it's going to bring who do i think i will be when i have it what is it going to mean for me what is not having it going to mean for me but then with that idea once we know like the depth of why we want the thing that we want or the things that we want once we know that depth we can then say okay great what else can provide that for me and again, we have our limited human minds. We might not be able to understand the breadth of what can provide that for us. But oftentimes we're chasing something that is only one channel of being able to get a particular itch scratched. And it's good for us to kind of just ask that question, not because we're trying to, you know, control other ways of the universe to, like, providing for us, but so that we can actually get to the truth of, like, this isn't the only one way. And if it isn't the only one way, and then why are we so fixated on this being the thing that we are calling in? Because oftentimes it is attached to programming that we've received about like what it means to be successful, what it means to be happy, what it means to be good, what it means to be desirable. And the more that we can ask these questions, and we ask this, of course, with an open heart, with a lot of compassion, self-compassion, and no judgment, because otherwise we're not going to be able to get to our truth. The more we can ask these questions, the better we can know ourselves. The better we can even make decisions in the liminal space that will support us and nourish us because maybe we can't get to the end game while we're in this kind of energetic limbo, but we can work with a mantra that will evoke that same emotion, or we can work with color that will evoke that same emotion. We can do an activity like for me like I love the feeling of flow. And like water, I'm terrible at watercolor painting, but the way the brush moves and the way the water spreads the pigment, like that is flow to me. So like maybe a flow is the thing that I want to work on. Maybe I can, while I'm waiting for it to show up in my day-to-day life, maybe I can do something like watercolor that is going to be like my bridge so that I'm getting that experience. Like I said, that particular itch scratched, I'm getting that taken care of now while I'm waiting for it to become part of my everyday reality. And of course, it's not the same thing as you know, being effortlessly carried through task after task and everything just lights you up and feels really good. It's not the same kind of flow, but it is an experience of flow. And we have to stop making it this or that, good or bad, you know, or big or small. We can honor, like, that this is the experience, regardless of what size it is. So if you have found yourself at this place, particularly if you know you're in a space of crossroads and you are waiting for the next thing to happen but actively waiting like you are just you're on this precipice and you're in the state of trust and you're working really hard and maybe you're finding it uncomfortable try asking yourself these questions try spending that time with yourself and with the quiet you would be surprised at the things that get revealed to you just by making the space to listen so we're going to leave you with that for today my darling i hope that this is you know rung true for you? And if so, I would love it if you sent me a DM over on Instagram. We'll make sure that the link is in the show notes. It is so important to be witnessed in your process, particularly when you're in this space of uncertainty. And it's not that you need me for validation. It's not that you need me for any answers. I believe you already have the answers in you. But to have someone witness you asking these questions or any epiphanies you have can be so powerful. And it would be an honor to hold that space for you, even if it isn't just a DM. So I'm sending you all my love today. I hope this finds you well. And we will talk together again next episode. That's it for this episode. Thanks for spending this time with me. Make sure to stay in touch between episodes by following me on Instagram. I'm at Serena Myers. If this episode inspired you or you want to support the show, please give it a share to your favorite peeps and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. I'll see you next time.